0: Hey everyone, Jacob here. Um, this episode of the podcast, I interviewed the uh, coordinator, one of the coordinators of Don't Tread on Philly. So I actually live in Pennsylvania, and so these are, this is actually somebody that I kind of know personally, um, and uh, they're part of the Mises Caucus. Uh, Torrent is actually a uh, Mises Caucus coordinator for the Philadelphia area. And recently, has gotten very involved and uh, active in organizing protests and um, resistance to the uh, recent push for more lockdowns uh, in Philly. It's been uh, part of the state here in Pennsylvania, one of the parts in the country that have been very uh, totalitarian. Uh, you know, very it's been very hard on the people there. The people, you know, depression, not being able to leave. Uh, and hang out, and you know, just live life. You know, they've been through a lot over the past two years, so we get a lot into that. And and we also, you know, maybe kind of like towards the end of the conversation, um, sort of talked about just like, you know, why we are involved, uh, you know, in the caucus, and and you know, both of us have a uh, a bit of a Christian background, and so we got to talk a little bit about that, and just uh you know what how, what we see as you know our responsibility as far as trying to uh, inspire people and to you know be the be the ones that stand up and that, that you sort of like in, not everyone's going to have the same uh gumption or the same level of bravery the same uh ability to stand up you know there's some people that you know they have that they can stand up when no one else is but others a lot of people uh they need to see other people doing it before they feel comfortable doing it so um you know we we talked a lot about that and the responsibility of if you if you have the the strength and the courage to stand up that that it's our responsibility to do so i think especially as christians so uh this was definitely um It was a bit on the shorter side of the conversation, but it was definitely a good one. And definitely want to have uh, Torrent back on sometime in the future to discuss more of the things that we were talking about. Because the conversation seemed to be going in a really good direction. And, uh, you know, that's what this podcast is about. It's just about having good conversations with interesting people uh, about really any topic that, you know, can somewhat be, you know, really any topics on the table when, you know, it's biblical anarchy. So I can talk about politics, I can talk about religion, but really, uh, you know, going off the Bible, there's a lot of different areas of life that I can, you know, talk about. So um, I hope this is a conversation you guys enjoy. Obviously, uh, just a reminder, uh, if you want to get access to uh, content early, patreon.com. Uh, dot com slash biblical anarchy um, you'll be able to either watch the video uh, podcasts early um, if you don't catch them live or you'll be able to s- subscribe to the private RSS feed to get this stuff a little bit earlier um, and right now things are a little bit out of sync still um, I, have, I have you know this is probably uh, four episodes away from current at the moment So, but I'm getting that all caught up this week, and hopefully, uh, you know, by the time, definitely by the time February hits, everything should be back in sync. I'm hoping before then, but at the latest by by uh, February, we should be back and uh, everything back to current. So, um, I appreciate all of your support, everybody, for listening. And uh, with that, here is my conversation with uh, Torrent from the Don't Tread on Philly protests organized by the Philly Mises Caucus. Happy New Year, everybody. This is uh, Jacob Daniel. This is the Daniel 3 podcast. It's good to be back after a uh, little hiatus for the holidays. Um, I started a little late today because uh, my computer decided that, you know, it had had a nice break from doing podcasting. And so none of my apps were going to work right. Uh, The microphone wasn't going to work. The camera wasn't going to work. And then the StreamYard decided that it wasn't going to work. So, you know, it's all good. Uh, It's a new year uh so this is the first episode of the new year and i'm excited for the guests that i have coming on uh, and the topic that we are going to discuss i'm going to bring them on right now and uh just skip with any of the uh fancy formalities and intros uh so this is my friend torrent from uh uh, don't tread on philly and the uh, lp mises caucus out there in philly representing our home state of pennsylvania uh how you doing tonight
1: oh i'm uh you know all things considered doing pretty good um you know it's been a crazy chaotic start to the new year lots of stuff went on in the month of December but hey uh I guess we're rolling over here so
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I know what you mean I mean I just uh, at this point like I feel like since 2020 every month feels like a year worth of stuff happens Oh and, yes. it's just, and you just think like you know someone brings up something and you're like well that happened a while ago they're like no that was last week <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Or
1: you right. say something or you say oh so that, that feels like it happened last weekend no nope that was 18 months ago
0: I oh, got shoot <laughs> yeah right yeah last week uh, like uh, like when we were able to uh you know uh go to uh like a movie theater or sit down at a restaurant without wearing a mask I mean for the most part around here things at least where I live in PA uh things have kind of normalized although it's like every once in a while I'll, like today I walked into a place uh, a hardware store just to get a couple of fuses and uh, i didn't see the sign and i walked in and the guy was like are you are you double vac?" he actually asked are you double vaccinated i was like what he was like yeah he was like you have to wear a mask if you're not double." everyone here has been vaccinated and boosted at at least least once should be double vaccinated or wear a mask i just turned around and left we got a few went down to the next the next hardware store down the street to get the fuse that i needed so i was just like Uh. you know for the most part uh, people around here have been uh you know they, they they got the shits of it after a couple of months and have not been listening oh. to stuff but uh that's been my experience in most of pa but uh i i guess f- i don't know I, I guess we'll get into how well uh my my, my brothers over in uh, eastern pa are faring. but you know this is your first time on my show so i wanted to start out maybe just uh give you a chance to introduce yourself and uh um, maybe you just explain how you became a, a libertarian and you know why you hate yourself and have decided to get involved in in politics and the 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 crazy like uh masochistic uh especially like in, intra politics of like joining the Mises caucus and and all that so i mean i feel like all of us are gluttons for punishment or something but uh uh but yeah explain explain that journey uh and how, how you got to where you're where you're at
1: yeah, so uh, I'm Torin. I live in Philadelphia. I've only been about in Philadelphia for about five years. Um, let's see here. I I grew up very religiously conservative, um, non-denominational churches. Um, I was just very, very much your typical conservative. Um, you know, I remember, what was it, September eleventh, twenty 2001, you know, I was in seventh grade, still remember everything happening and, you know, got really pumped up patriotic about all how all that stuff went down was you know just sort of a blind religious conservative uh for most for a lot of my life and then um after graduating from college i actually was a uh for better or worse a southern baptist missionary and i spent some time in southeast asia and i think my my politics just really got blown up at least in terms of um A lot of social conservative stuff and as well as cultural things i think i'd still held a lot of you know economic values that were in line with conservatism and that sort of thing but really just completely and outright rejected the gop at that point and considered myself pretty politically homeless for the better part of the next 10 years and then um I don't know, got started listening to some stuff last summer. You know, things were going down here in Philly. I was pretty much locked in my house alone for uh, a couple of months, and then you know we had the BLM riots, and we're having these curfews, and I don't know if there's going to be you know a bunch of rioters running down the streets in, in my neighborhood at some point. I have no idea, like what's going on. And um, yeah, politics was politics was at the top of everybody's mind last summer. And I just got, uh, I started going down some rabbit holes and as probably most libertarians do. And uh, I I think I was listening to maybe Brett Weinstein at first. And then somehow YouTube told me to go listen to Tim Poole. And I think the second episode of Tim Pool I ever listened to was Michael Malice. And then I think the third was uh, Maj Torre. And I started listening to Malice pretty heavily. You got uh, introduced me to you know Dave Smith, and then I'm like, yeah, this, this these guys make sense. Uh, they pretty yeah. much align with where I'm sitting these days. And then What's I think funny
0: is that that list of three people, like Dave Smith, is the most soft spoken. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> he really is. I was like, He's Michael Malice, and,
0: right? Like Michael Malice and Maj, it's like, well, the two of the the most soft spoken introductions to you know Austrian libertarianism you could ask for, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they don't—they don't, uh, don't pony punches. Let's just put it that way. I mean, they make uh, Dave
0: look so reasonable because they're just like you know, insane <laughs> and and like total assholes. And Dave's like, "Well, I'm just half an asshole," so <laughs> yeah, very <pretty> much.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I uh, so I've been listening to those guys for like a year, and I I'm not one to want to get involved in politics. I I do not like the drama. I don't like the bickering, the maneuvering. Uh, which means I really h- hate LPPA.
0: <laughs> what? You don't you don't like four hour long board meetings where everyone's yelling at each other and uh you know cussing each other out and then you know ensuing signal chats and 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 Facebook groups where we yell at each other more. I mean, <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, it's like I. I <laughs> but I actually blame those things on the fact that like I, it's harder for it to get a hold of me now, and it's. And people are like, "Oh, you're some big time podcaster. You think you get back to me?" It's like, "No, I just have everything on mute because if yeah. I didn't have it on mute, my phone would just like my battery would die from just the notifications going off.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't yeah. ever stop.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm starting to learn that here the last few uh, last few weeks. And you know, no, I, I you know the, the LPPA I think is uh, you know it's it's the LPPA,
0: and you know I actually love most people in the LPPA. A lot and of them are a
1: lot of them are great.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I've made some really good friends this past year. Um, uh, Bonnie, Joel, uh, Tim McMaster. I mean, there's there's a lot of good guys, and even some people that you know don't always see eye to eye on things. But like, oh, yeah. you know, we're like great libertarians, and and you know, I kind of view us all, you know, fellow travelers, even if they're not all in the Mises Caucus. It's oh yes, yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a political tribalist. I'm just a don't be a shitty personist, I guess, right? Like, like, just just be a good person and a good libertarian. I don't think that's a pretty low bar. Yeah, people meet it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's how I am, too. I, the way I describe it to people is, you know, my, my principles have led me to, to the Libertarian Party and to the Mises Caucus. Um, the Mises Caucus, Libertarian Party, don't define my principles. Right. Um, and, you know, most of the people in the, lppa and elsewhere you know I, I feel like fit along with those principles whether or not we agree with everything uh, agree on everything or not so um yeah it was really dave smith and malice talking this summer i think they're they are were, they were talking about some of the drama and the lp in general and it's just like I, I should really try to get involved i don't know if anybody is here in philly I feel like I'm on an island, you know, let me just sign up. and see Only like 80% of the,
0: on. only 80% of the party. <laughs> is yeah. there, I feel like, I feel like like most of the LPPA and also like the Pennsylvania Mises Caucus is like Eastern PA. And then there's like a small bit in the West and I'm in the middle, just like alone. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like five of us out here. I mean, there's more, there's actually now like 10 or 20 of us, but compared to, compared to y'all, I mean, it's like, you guys have a, uh, you know, probably have at least like, 30 or 40 active people out there.
1: Yeah. The uh, LP Philly meetings are usually pretty small. I think one of the things that I'm trying to do, I'm now the, uh, you know, somehow, you know, after only being involved with the Mises and the uh, LP for three months, somehow I'm suddenly a um, county organizer for Philly. And so one of our goals is to try to get things, people a little bit more involved on that side of things. And, Really, my main focus is like, – like I said, I I really uh, – I love political philosophy. I hate the politics and the infighting. If I could yeah. just stay out of that as much as possible, I would love to. Um, what I really love is, is culture. I love uh, liberty culture. I love freedom. I love – just cool things in general Um, you know right now I'm sitting in my basement where I built my own you know personal like brewery slash bar Um, you know who knew I was actually gonna need this but uh, (laughs) uh, apparently apparently there I, I don't know if this is true but there are rumors going around that at one point in the city of Philadelphia you did not need to sit, show a vaccine card to get into a bar. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't know.
0: That, that sounds um, crazy. I mean, you know, I mean, what's next? They they think that people can uh, walk across the street without a uh, armed escort. I mean, this is this is the the, the tyranny of freedom, if, if you ask me.
1: <laughs> so yeah. Um, So yeah, who knew when I, when I finished building this this summer, I was like, I was actually, you know, there's part of me that was like, gosh, I, you know, I wish I would have done this like a year or two ago and it would have been really cool. Like when all the lockdowns were going on to be like, Hey, Hey, come over to my place. I I brewed some beer. You want to hang out? And so there's part of me that had this, a little bit of this sort of prideful masochism or something that was like, I want to, um, I wish I could have this in cool times, and then now, uh, yeah, those those really weird screwed up times are here, and this is uh, might be one of the only uh, bars in the city that I can legally have a drink in at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. So how is it? Uh, how is it over there? And I mean, like I've you know again, my my experience over here in the, my part of PA is people are for the most part again the isolated pockets of insanity, but for the most part, people have just kind of like tried to get back to some, some kind of uh, something resembling normal. Although like places are open, but they're like, there's like no one working. Like we were, I tried to go into Olive Garden over the weekend. And at first I was upset because I thought they were not like, they were like, there's like nobody there. We walked in they're Like, it's going to be an hour wait. I was like, there's nobody here. I was like, Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, I was like, they probably have dumb COVID rules. Like, you know, got to keep everyone spaced apart. And the person ever heard me and said, no, we just don't have like enough servers. I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so uh, a little bit of that. But how, how is it over in, in, in Philly? I mean, is it, uh, you know, what's that experience been like? And, you know, uh, I guess, you know, that'll be a good transition into, you know, what, what you've started to do now.
1: Yeah. Uh, Philly's been, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a weird place, um, as it probably always is. It's It's been, I think, for a long time, it's been weird in very cool ways. But uh, yeah, it's been weird in not so cool ways recently. I mean, I think early on we had like a mask mandate for being outdoors. And, you know, really what the mandate was, was if you can't keep six feet distance, you have to wear a mask outdoors. Yet you know, I kind of understood that. So I'd take my dog for a walk. And of course, I didn't have a mask on. But you'd still have people looking at you like you were Satan himself walking down the street without a mask on. Um, and that's been kind of the feeling for in Philly overall. Now, Philly's an interesting, interesting city because it's it's really, you know, it's a city of very different neighborhoods. And depending on where you go, there are more. You know, some people will take the COVID stuff way more seriously um, than in other places. It's, you know, you can go to a restaurant on Pashyunk Ave or Center City or South Street, and they've had, you know, vaccine required signs up for, for months. Uh, or you could go to, you know, a bar tucked away in a corner in a neighborhood, and they just don't care and still won't care. Um, You just can't, you know, say who it is because then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll send out the the fed boys on them or something, but it's, it's interesting. I, my summation, um, and we can definitely talk about what we're doing here a little bit later, but my, my summation and some of the work we've been doing in the outreach and whatnot is that, yeah, there is a very, very loud, very powerful minority here that is super pro COVID anything, you know, mask, vaccine, whatever. They, you know, they control the politics in the city. They run it. A lot of people go go along with it. What I'm seeing out on the streets here and with, you know, normal everyday people is that people are pissed off. Um, They are not okay with what's going on. They're not, they're not down with it. I, I have reason to believe that with the, you know, and this is all anecdotal just based on people that I'm meeting in various places. I mean, I don't, I don't think the vaccine percentages that they say are out here in Philly are real. (laughs) Um, just because, you know, when a guy tells me that he's unvaccinated and he leads a, a construction crew of 40 people and they're all unvaccinated. It's like, well, what are the odds of that? If, uh, if these numbers are real.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, I think I already had a healthy skepticism of the mainstream narrative and use of statistics before all this. And all this has done is like reaffirm everything I ever thought. I mean, statistics are just so like, unbelievably, like, subjective and easily manipulated, and you know, and it's like, and, and even, like, all these studies on whether it's, like, the effective the effectiveness of of the vaccines or how many people are taking them, and it's just, like, they, it's just, for one, it's a lot of, like, a lot of the things are done based on, like, a univariable analysis, which is, like, you know, there's always other explanations and, and controls that the study doesn't account for, uh, and then, two, there's always like a bias, I think, with a lot of these studies where like whether it's intentional or even it can just be unconscious where they will pull the people that they think are the most likely to give them the outcome that they want that study or that poll to give. Yep. And and so it's just, you know, again, and I'm not anti-science, whatever the heck that means. I'm just like <laughs> I'm, I'm pro-actual science, which means being rigorous and skeptical and, you know – uh, you know, like, you know, if you have a hypothesis, test it. And if it, it's confirmed, still test it again and try to disprove your hypothesis. Like, that's that's actual science, not just like I had this preconceived belief. I will now do tests and only acknowledge the ones that it, it confirm my preexisting belief like that. You know, that's that's not that's not scientific at all. And yeah, I'm very skeptical of the reports of how many people are being, have been vaccinated. Uh, even, even so going as far as do, I wonder like when people are being asked these things, like, or w- when they're collecting this data, like, are they collecting this and going off of reports from, you know, places that administer them? Is it self-reported? Like you got to dig into this. Uh, are people, when people are put on the spot, are they going to be a hundred percent truthful? Um, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, you know, even even I've been put on the spot sometimes and it's, you know, I'll go in. They, some places have like those signs up where they're like, oh, if you're vaccinated, no mask. And for the most part, people are chill and just like it kind of a don't ask, don't tell thing. But then when people ask, it's like, uh, you know, do I lie? Do I tell the truth? It's like, what do you do? And to avoid the conflict, it's easier to just lie sometimes. <laughs> um, or, you know, or I just, you know, kind of nod along and I just kind of like it's not your business. So whatever. But it's, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. My, my, I, my opinion is a lot like yours, where I feel like there's a lot of people that are fed up with this, but I feel like they need somebody or some group of people to to stand up and give them the courage to do the same. Um. This is why I stopped wearing masks early on. Because early yep. on, like, I'm not a very contrary to what people might think about me i'm not the most competitive person in the world like when it comes to libertarian theory and arguing online i mean i think that we all do that but when yep. i'm like when i'm like in in real life person to person i don't like conflict i like getting along with people um and for the most part it's like uh at the beginning when people were at when the you know mask mandates or recommendations came out if i went to a store they asked me to wear a mask i would just put it on so i was like i don't i don't want to get into a fight i don't want to you know, cause a ruckus. It's 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 annoying. I don't agree with it. But, you know, I just want to go back my day and not and, and you know, path of least resistance, I guess. But after a while when I just realized that like this wasn't going away, I also realized that this the, the mask wearing was getting heavily normalized. And I was like, you know, this is a problem. And if there aren't people who are pushing to get back to normal, uh nobody's gonna go you know, this is gonna become you know, something that children are going to be raised in a, you know, a generation of children raised in a society where for years people are wearing masks and they think that's just like part of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to, to, to tell my wife, I'm going to stop wearing the mask and she's going to get in trouble. I was like, yeah, but you know what? Like if I stop wearing it, that gives maybe somebody else the courage. Like it's just, you go in, And I, that's how I would, I'd go into a store and be like, if I can find one person not wearing a mask, yep. it makes me feel better about not wearing my mask. And I feel like with these vaccine mandates, it's kind of the same thing. But that's harder. Like, it's easy to show people you're not wearing a mask when you go out in public. It's a little bit harder to go out and advertise in a non creepy way that I've not been jabbed. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 we need to norm. We need to normalize that. And so I think, uh, you know, talk about you know, I guess like the efforts you're doing now. I guess to to sort of like maybe rally the people of Philly sure. that you, that you think. Uh, are getting fed up with this to maybe like start pushing back against this stuff.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the goal. And, you know, I think a lot of your story and what you just talked about has kind of been my same thing. Um, Almost the exact same progression too. Um, I think what we're seeing, what I'm really seeing is, yeah, I, I, it might not be a majority but I don't think it's certainly not a minority because I don't think there's a majority in this whole thing. I think it's quite possibly a plurality of people here in Philly are pissed off. The issue is um, almost all of them think they're alone. And, you know, Maj Maj will call media the the most effective devil in America. And that's exactly what it is in terms of this. I mean, I, I was watching the college bowl games on Saturday and I think I was watching Notre Dame and uh, Oklahoma state. And one of the commercials was uh, the big 12 advertising the vaccine. You've got all of these healthy college athletes, like prime physical condition, probably the last who actually scientifically need to take these vaccines saying, do the right thing, join us. So it, you know, what it, what it is is, you know, even if you have like a large number of people, even if it was a, a, an actual majority, you're sitting and you're watching this messaging on your TV saying, take it, take it. If you don't, you're a bad person. And it, it just convinces everybody they're alone. So what we've been doing with, you know, don't tread on Philly is just putting the word out there that no, you're, you're not alone. Um, I think I mentioned, earlier that I'm the county organizer for uh, LPMC Philly. And I had started a couple of weeks before these mandates and I had um, just started a Twitter account for LPMC Philly. I kind of came up with this tagline, I wanted something cool. I was talking about talking about culture i wanted something kind of culturally cool to like let's let's make freedom cool again um and so i said let's take the Gadsden flag let's change it up a little bit let's say don't tread on philly and so that was going to be my whole thing for you know philly mises was don't tread on philly and then a week later we get these uh, mandates coming down and myself uh you know, and a couple others in the area from the the caucus and the LP got together. We're like, we got to do something. We got to start a group, get a website going. I'm like, well, let me, let me see if DontTreadOnPhilly.com is still available. (laughs) So I go on, go daddy, go pull it up. Bang, it's there. Uh, So I said, yeah, we got to get this. We got to start a group, start something, start connecting with people. So our whole goal really has been outreach and connecting with folks in the city and saying, you know, really, we're not. We don't want to be an anti-vaccine group, um, like you. I'm, I'm, am I'm a science guy. I'm, am a stats nerd. I, I studied stats in college. Uh, my, my current job revolves around around a lot of analytics and that sort of thing. So I don't ever want to make this the statement that vaccines are bad. Don't do it, because I think there's always nuance to any of these arguments. And so even if these vaccines were just absolutely amazing and they stopped transmission, they stopped all, you know, did all the things that they said they were supposed to do at the beginning that they're now walking back publicly, like there's still nuance and there's still reason why all of this should be choice and that people shouldn't be demonized over choosing not to get vaccinated. And that's what's happening in Philly. Like it's, it's getting vile, like bad. Um, there's a there a restaurant in Fishtown that is fairly popular. Maj, I've never been, Maj says their food isn't any good. So I'll trust him on that and believe that I'm not, uh, not missing out. But they, they put up a sign that was like, you know, it was like no vax, no service or something. And they belligerently said yesterday, they like today's the mandates going to effect. And if you disagree with us, you can go around out back to the kitchen door behind the restaurant. I'm like, this is the same garbage that they said to, you know, African Americans back before the civil rights movement. And you know, I understand that there's not the history and all this stuff built up, and I understand that vaccination is not a immutable, you know, it's not a immutable characteristic. But hate is hate. Bigotry is bigotry. And you're seeing some disgusting stuff. I mean, we were out at the Mummer's Parade on, on Sunday, passing out literature and signs. And I mean, we had some guy telling us we were murderers. Like, this isn't, this isn't cool. And so, I mean, that's how you beat people into fear. You beat people into isolation. You make them afraid to speak up. And then the powers that be, this, this very small vocal minority... I mean, we're talking maybe maybe 10%. Um, the rest are just either just going along with it because they think it's the right thing to do or they just don't care. That's how they get power. And so what we're trying to do is just go out and say people, hey, doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. Doesn't matter what you believe about all of this. This is violating choice. It's violating freedom. Hey, if you if you agree with that, you're not alone. Come join us.
0: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And yeah, there's something about like that, you know, the, I mean, on one hand it's um, toxic and, and in my opinion, evil, the kind of like anti, I guess like almost like, uh, anti-human sort of rhetoric that, that the opposition uses to like attack people that, that don't comply, but there's something effective about that, which is like, you know, um, like one of my favorite, uh, passages in the Bible is like when, um, Uh, Jesus talks about like be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. And, um, (laughs) uh, but there's something, there's something to that where it's like the opposition. And, and in this case, the opposition is primarily the left and the left has been good at throughout the years at like understanding that like being lukewarm doesn't uh, get anything done. But if they decide to be incredibly like, you know, even if it's like insane, they're still pushing people in the direction they want to go. Cause it's like, they're planting those, like, you know, I mean, in the Christian sense, we would talk about like planting seeds of faith or planting seeds of compassion and kindness, but they're planting seeds that are like, you know, it's almost like, I mean, ironically, it's almost more like a virus, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're planting uh, things that like, you know, uh, hurt a person's soul and make them feel yeah. more timid and more afraid and more alone. And um, it, you know, you can't, it, and it's tough. Like we're in this position where I agree with you, there's a lot of nuance to the conversation uh but a lot of time it feels like it can be easy when you're hit with such an extreme that we feel like we want to we want to attack back with like the o- equal opposite extreme yeah. and that's yeah. that's almost like physics at play right like it's just yep. that's just what feels natural but i think what's actually effective is is not to just meet that might with might um but but rather it's kind of like we have to uh like i i guess sort of like work around their expectations and we have to respond in a way that makes people um it's, it's kind of like a glitch in the matrix kind of thing you know what i mean like we have to respond in a way that's that's off script it's kind of like what tom wood says like you know go off that index card of three by five allowable opinion and it's yep. like when we when we go out there and we don't have to be even you know we don't have to be inflammatory we don't have to be rude we don't have to be assholes about it. We just need to go off script and actually just tell the truth. Because I think the truth is actually like very foreign to the political conversation in our, uh, in our society right now. I think it's why voices like, like uh, uh, Dave Smith and uh, guys like Maj and guys like uh, Malice, even guys like Spike Cohen, I think are doing an amazing job at, at growing their platform and their voice and the reason why they attract people is because they've they've just gotten really good at like telling the truth in a way that, you know, I mean, sometimes it's inflammatory because sometimes the truth is inflammatory. But I but I think the goal uh, is always to, uh, you know, not to seek to be provocative, but not to be afraid to be provocative if the truth is provocative. And I think that's yeah. kind of the balance that that we that we have to play. And I think people. You know they're attracted to that kind of genuineness, and um, and you know I, I, I so what have your experiences been so far? And you know what are the things that you've done? Oh, you guys just I think you guys just had uh, an event just this past weekend. So maybe talk about some of the successes you've had and uh, the, the things that that you guys have been able to start doing.
1: Yeah, the main thing has just been doing a lot of outreach. We've been out to city hall several times, just passing out flyers. Went down to the Eagles game uh, a week or two ago, and just were talking to people. We honestly are the response is overwhelmingly positive. It's probably like eighty-five, fifteen positive and negative. Uh, it's it's incredible, and this past. Sunday, we, we were doing kind of a lead-up to an initial protest of the Philadelphia Mummers Parade, and it got postponed. It's normally on New, New Year's Day, but it got postponed because of the weather on New Year's Day. And so it really dampened the crowds, dampened the ability to, for attendance of at the protest. Um, <laughs> we had our own police detail and people taking all of our, our, our pictures in, in case something went crazy, which it never was. We were just going down there having a good time. Uh, what, what a really cool, the cool thing it turned into on Sunday was like a protest with the mummers. Um, the mummers are controversial figures here in, in Philly. It's one of the biggest working class traditions in the city. And I think a lot of it is really good, but there's some really pr- provocative things about them as well. The good thing for us is that, uh, you know, most of them are like a lot of them are like South Philly working class folks uh, they really dug that uh, Don't Tread on Philly message, and a lot of them agreed, hey, these mandates are are they're, they're racist, they're wrong, they're not good. Um, we, we had only a limited number who could show up because of the change in dates, but we were able to go down there with 1,200 signs, uh, pass out about 500 of them most of them went to the mummers themselves we'd stand on the side of the street and a mummers brigade brigade would walk past and they just start ripping these signs out of our hands and like holding them up it was it was so cool uh we got some pictures on social media of some of them holding them up i'm getting messages on instagram all the time from like photographers that were like this was awesome this is so cool here's a picture that we got uh yeah it's it's been this overwhelmingly positive hey we agree we don't think these mandates are good there there are so many other bad things going on in the city right now too whether it be you know the murder rate i think we set a, a record for homicides in 2021 uh just terrible uh so much else is going on and people are just so fed up because you know well, I, I, I hate it somebody on facebook today was like oh well, you know let's let let Philly burn like this. They did this to themselves. Like, no, Philly's cool. We we got to figure out a way to cut off this cancer and make it cool again.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's people there. I mean, there's people. There's families. I mean, it's. Um, yeah, and it's. I don't know. I mean, I I, I had something I was going to say, and then you went on that good tangent. Now I just lost it. Um, <laughs> it's all right. The. Um, um, yeah. I mean, there's something about. Uh, what's going on? That's especially ironic that the left is championing this because, like, I mean, for one, there's the irony of like you know, you, uh, you don't need driver's licenses to vote, but you need a vaccine card to like you know yeah. leave your house and do basic things. Uh, but it goes deeper than that. Like all those problems that you just brought up, like the crime, the homicides, you know, the I'm sure there's a, a, a problem of poverty and all that. These lockdowns. Cannot have done anything to help at all, and and these are human uh, lives being yeah. destroyed. I mean, human lives that are being put on hold, and um, and the only people benefiting from it are like actually like the people at the top. I mean, yeah. like in the business world, I remember hearing so many examples of people uh, of businesses that were taking advantage of all that stimulus money and like taking out like like huge loans that they didn't actually qualify for, but like they were exploiting these loopholes and stuff, and like yeah. it was all going to these. Huge, big businesses that didn't actually need the money, whereas like small mom and pa shops were like, you know, basically screwed. And people weren't, you know, people were uh, on one hand, people uh, had their livelihoods destroyed. On the other hand, people were like neutered. People were like given free handouts and it destroyed, you know, further yep. destroyed the already screwed up incentive structures of our economy to where now people don't want to work. And so it's handicapped them and it's just, yeah, I mean, and, and it's just like, you know, I don't think any of us are calloused towards this virus. I am especially not calloused towards it because I don't know how much you follow like my, my, my stuff on my personal Facebook, but like, yeah. I mean like my dad almost died from COVID died. He actually technically died twice and got brought back. Um, His life is never going to be the same. I mean, the doctors are his prognosis is like it might take 3 to 6 months for him to maybe get back to his former self or he might have some permanent mm. uh damage that he's going to live with the rest of his life yeah um both in his lungs and his body possibly even neurologically yeah so uh you know um but you know I, another story I've told a lot in my podcast is uh i went through a similar thing with my daughter back in uh uh tw- early 2019 uh when uh, sorry, 2018. Um, wait, was it okay? Now, I've, time is again. This is where time <laughs> yeah. is uh, uh, the timeline starting to to make less and less sense. <laughs> but uh, COVID I, I was, brain fog. Yeah, no, it was it was 2019. It was she was uh, one and a half, so it was definitely it was early 20. It was Valentine's Day, 2019. Uh, she got sick and ended up in the hospital and almost died from <sighs> a stomach from a stomach virus, a yeah. regular old plain Jane stomach virus that went through like our local church community. Uh-huh. Everyone got it. Uh, all my kids got it. My wife and I had it. It was like one of the like, 24-hour bugs where you like uh-huh. you want to die because you can't stop throwing up. <laughs> and, um, and then we all got better. But then the virus mutated in her, and she started uh-huh. having these nonstop seizures and almost died and was in the hospital for like three, four weeks. And um, she still has some lingering side effects from that whole ordeal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um uh, yeah viruses sickness disease you know all this stuff has always existed yeah and you know things are going to ebb and flow there's going to be times where things are worse and times where they're better and i think for the most part we we have to get back to a place where we just acknowledge that life is this fragile thing and that all the best that any of us can do is take personal responsibility for our own safety and to try to be considerate of others but um but we, we, we have to push back against this regime that has just used the like this fear of dying or of getting sick and and having, you know, ramifications to take away our essential liberties. Because yeah. tell you one thing, like, you know, it, it's it is uh possible to get COVID and die. It's possible yeah. to get COVID and have lingering side effects. Uh but it's also possible a lot of people get over it and don't and aren't worse for the wear. But what universally is always destructive to people's lives is when you take away liberty always yeah. it's it's yeah. it's not like oh sometimes uh authoritarianism works out <laughs> yeah sometimes when you give government power they use it for good it's like uh, no uh, never <laughs> no <laughs> um so i, I yeah. just you know so it's uh, we 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 have to uh uh i think be be more bold to push back against this stuff and, and not let uh the the naysayers and the shamers uh keep us keep us down um yes. you know we, this is this is definitely a fight that's that's worth fighting and i think you know there's something you know i've i've been to philly a few times i remember i remember, I remember my first time to philly i my uh dad took me to the uh uh pats and genos and uh <laughs> yeah. uh had, had me had, had me try both and uh, you know, I disappointed my dad that day, uh, cause I, I was a patch fan. He's like, you know, he's a Geno's fan and he's like, you know, never, no had either. never had either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, and I, you know, there's something, you know, I went out there with my kids and like, and visited the, the museums, you know, there's a lot of like rich history there with the yeah. American revolution and stuff. Um, you know, I remember going through that museum, a little personal anecdote here, uh, uh, through one of the museums and like, they had this like documentary, one of those things you sit on, like the like in that like big observatory room where like this big mm-hmm. interactive thing, uh, going over like the the founding fathers and the history of this country and and, you know, this part of the the state and stuff and the the things that people believed. And I, I started tearing up. That yeah. was just like, what has happened to her? I was like, yeah. listen, I, I now I, I'm a, I don't know where you exactly fall in the political spectrum. Like, I'm still libertarian. I'm basically like full blown anarcho capitalist. Like, you know, bring it all down. You know, <laughs> uh, that that's that's how far I I go with it. Yeah, you know, know there's a lot of fellow travelers who are more minarchists, constitutionalists, and stuff. But even though I'm a, uh, I'm an anarchist. Uh, I mean, I'm, that's you know, my podcast name is Biblical Anarchy. That couldn't yeah. be a surprise. But, uh, um. But, you know, as much as I'm an anarchist, I have a deep respect for the the, the founding of this country. Oh, and yeah. I have a deep respect for the principles that the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, uh, laid out. And yeah. I, yeah. I just, I don't know, there's just something deeply depressing about uh, really what's going on across the whole country. But then like to see a place like Philly that, you know, got that legacy behind it um, yeah. you know, I, you know, it deserves better. And I think that's, I think it's a, a, I think it's a pivotal ground to try to start to, to especially focus on. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, so I, I don't know, a bit, bit of a, bit of a rant there, but to yeah. get my, my, my <laughs> thoughts out and stuff. So well, yeah. what, what, what are, what are some of the things that you guys got coming down the pipeline that you, uh, that maybe you want to, uh, talk about and like ways that, uh, you know if there's people that are in the surrounding areas uh, you know that that they can you know maybe start to think about uh, getting plugged in and and yeah. you know hear what you're doing
1: so the number one thing is is check out our website don't tread it's got the links to everything um, Facebook Twitter telegram Instagram signal discord Um yeah, it's got all those links, plus it's got, you know, we've got an official website with some information on it, it houses all of our events. You know, we're going to be doing another outreach at the Eagles game on Saturday. We're going to try to join in with the with the March on D.C. coming up. And one of the coolest things that we just did, and, and this uh, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but it goes along with what you were just talking about. Um, we got connected to other groups. We're not the only ones out there. You know, we have, uh, we have over 1,200 people in our Facebook group now, and it's, it's growing rapidly. It's, it's been like 500 the last day. Um, but the cool thing is, is we've gotten connected to a lot of other groups. Uh, just a, sort of an independent concerned citizen hosted a Freedom Happy Hour last week at, uh, at a pretty, you know, freedom-oriented bar in the city. And it was one of those cool things. Like I was there. Uh, Mike Heiss was there. Mark Bazzacco. Maj was there. It was one of those things where we're sitting around in this room. And I'm having this thought. And it's really interesting. I'm like this. This. Like it was bars and pubs like this. Where they planned. The American Revolution. In this city. <laughs> and it was like this has this kind of feeling about it. And I'm actually like you, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like a full blown Michael Malice anarchist without qualification. Uh, but honestly, you know, uh, the declaration of independence is one of the most beautiful. Um, it, it does talk a lot about government and you know, I guess it's probably more minarchist than anything, but to me it's, it's, it's based in like this anarchist principle of just, and it's not even anarchist. It's just the principle of freedom. And, it, and that was planned and written in, in bars and pubs around this city. And so I'm sitting there thinking about it. And as I'm thinking about it, I pull up my phone and I see a tweet from two minutes earlier from Maj that says the exact same damn thing. And I'm like, all right, yep, yep, this is what's going on. And yeah. so my thought is with all of this is – you know, let's let's bring back freedom to the place where where freedom was born in this country.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: and the more I'm starting to see stuff, the more hopeful I get. Like, all, this was all originally born out of defiance. But the more I'm talking with people, the more hopeful I'm getting. And I'm like, we've got a chance here. We're at a tipping point. I think the opposition knows they're losing, and that's why they're coming down so handed, heavy-handedly. And I've just been kind of saying it sort of flippantly, I, I think one day they're going to talk about 2022 the way they talked about 1776. And I want to see that happen. And one of the cool things that we're making that happen is we're coming together with other groups in and around the city. We had a call last night with, with 21 other people involved with probably 18 different organizations where we, you know, we're planning, planning a pack, pl- you know, planning a coalition, like an official coalition to come together and fight this on all fronts, social, legal, political everywhere. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to we don't have a day, date nailed down yet, but um, we're going to hope to have a big rally here in Philly. Um, hope hopefully have somebody like Maj speak a few others, get some big names out there, speak, rally it's really gonna be have to be a grassroots effort where we connect with people we get people to stand up and say no because you can't you can't comply your way out of tyranny um and i think we have to i think we have to show people that that we're serious because you know like you said it, it's so easy for us to people to dismiss us be like oh you're callous you don't care uh you know i had i had a a, a very a, an uncle that I was very close to growing up coached baseball teams of mine, you know, hit me fly balls in my front yard for hours on end. he died in January 2020 of a mysterious respiratory illness uh, and he had blood clots in his lungs and eventually died of a stroke. Well, you know, what was it <laughs> you tell me? um i had some lady today i was on facebook and i was i was posting things on facebook because people fed up and i was like hey you know we're doing something come join us she said well you could be doing all this stuff in the city and said st- you're wasting your time with this and i was like you don't know what you're talking about like Maj is doing more for this city than almost any other single human being and as she was typing all this stuff You know, I had a member of our group text me and say, hey, what do you think? You know, would it be okay if I told the rest of the group if if maybe we just did something to like go give homeless people coffee and maybe passed out some literature because it's really cold and I passed this homeless woman. She just wanted a hot cup of coffee. I'm like, bingo. That's exactly what we want to do, because here we are having this restaurant in. uh, Fishtown saying one day saying, you have to go around back to get your food if you want it. And the next day they made a post, today, they made a post, today's been very cold in Philly, saying here, we have hot soup, come in from the cold, get it. Yeah, not, but not if you're unvaccinated. What if you're unvaccinated homeless? You're not gonna get in there. So what are we gonna do? I'll gladly go out in the cold and hand out coffee, hand out hot, hot soup, you know, treat people with human dignity and you know, show that, Hey, I'm human and I care. And, and I don't know, maybe that will break the dissonance that's going on in some of these people's minds, some of these people's minds, maybe not. I don't know. Um, But But, yeah, that's the kind of goal, the goal of the whole thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we all have a small part to play is the way I feel it's like, um, and all of us have different giftings and callings. And I firmly believe that like, as much as guys like Dave Smith and Malice can wake a lot of people up, there's also people that get woken up through just like their friends or through, Mm -hmm. you know, even just smaller interactions. Like, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I'll credit Dave Smith for getting me to the door a lot when I talk about this stuff, but Dave Smith got me through the door, but it was really my friends that I met in the Mises caucus that actually convinced me to finally like, Go through it, you know what I mean. Like Dave yeah. Smith, like introduced me to the world, and then it was I the people in that world that actually like, you know, then got me, uh, immersed in it. Um, and, you know, there, there's something in what you were talking about that's like, uh, that really speaks to me and kind of like uh the journey I've been on with this podcast because this podcast started out radically different. This project I'm doing started out radically differently than where it's ended up. I initially sought out to kind of want to reform the church mm-hmm. i'm not I'm not saying i've dropped that mission but it's not become my my only priority i guess uh one because like when this when i saw the tyranny rising up i was like you know christians should be doing more christians should be not submitting to the state the churches should not be closing down services and, and submitting to the state we shouldn't be waiting for permission to to, to obey God and do what the Bible tells us to do and all that. And, and so I was like, you know, wanting to speak out against that. Um, and, I, and I don't want to paint with too broad a brush because there are many uh, individual examples of heroic pastors and Christians out there who have done that, done just that. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately I've been, I think more often than not disappointed with the church uh, here in America um, certainly even in, in, in here in Pennsylvania, a lot of them have mm-hmm. just been all too happy to, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, bend over and do exactly what the, the state says and, yep. to and, and, and I hate that, but, but then, you know, sort of what you were just talking about there, how like the revolution started in bars and pubs and stuff. And, you know, I, I found myself, despite the fact that I hate politics. I found myself drawn to the Mises caucus and joining the, this group of, of ragtag, you know, kind of not, I don't want to like paint with a broad brush there, but a lot of the, the the Mises caucus style libertarians, they're, they're not your, you know, milk toast, uh, you know, lukewarm type They're A lot of them are, you know, different backgrounds, but a lot of them are a bit more, I don't know, like rough around the edges or I just like regular, I guess it's not even right. Re- they're just not like, uh, predominantly, like super liberal, uh, like you know, college elite type Americans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, th- there's more of like a blue collar, you know, kind of mentality, which kind of reminds me of Philly. Which kind of? Now I know yep. I, uh, I I'm a heretic. I live in Pennsylvania, but I'm a Baltimore sports fan. But you know, despite <laughs> like the despite all the sports rivalries and stuff, there's something that all those kind of cities kind of have in common, which is kind of like yep. you know, Pittsburgh, Philly, and and Baltimore despite the, the the sports rivalries, they, they share something in common, which is the fact that even though they're kind of big cities, uh, all cities have within their people, this sort of like, I don't know, like, like they're not just, I don't know. Like, like it's not Los Angeles. It's not New York. Like there's, there's something about it that like they, they pride themselves in kind of being like more of a, I think blue collar kind of blue, blue, blue chip kind of people. And, uh, i've started to realize i guess over this past year of you know year and a half of my podcast and this journey i've been on that you know but when jesus told his apostles to go out and to preach the gospel and to you know be light and salt and to be fishers of men that doesn't mean staying within the confines of the the safety of church and four walls Uh -uh. you know what i mean and 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 that's not what fighting liberty should look like. Mm -hmm. So as as much as I want the church to be better, I've come to realize that like, you know, there's something very, even though it's a Misesian term, there's something very Christian about that, that phrase, take human action. And it's like, you know, sitting on the sidelines and capitulating only does so much. And so I just felt compelled to get involved with this group of people because they're just, and what's special about them, is that they're normal people. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's the amazing part is that, you know, you don't need to be some, you know, like, I mean, th- th- that's what the revolution was, right? It was ordinary yep. people. I mean, uh, you, you don't need to be some, like, I don't know, like, like the most amazing intellectual, you don't need to be, uh, the most skilled person or the most rich person or the most connected person or the most influential person. Um uh, you it's actually better that you're a regular person who can just connect with other regular people because for the most part we are all just regular people. Yep. And that's what has appeal and that's what that's where work gets done. And that's where, at least in you know, although I'm a you know libertarian I'm also a Christian, I think that's also where the actual work of, you know, following after Christ and to to do what you've done to the least of these you've done unto me. They, like, you know, I've said this a lot over the past few months to other Christians like to, to be a light in the darkness you have to be in the darkness yep yep you, you you have to go out into the world and that means like you're yeah like you're gonna be put outside your comfort zone you're gonna have to deal with <laughs> with some messy situations and and broken people and and broken situations that you can't find perfect answers to because there are no perfect answers to things in this life but but there are, clear cut directions that move towards uh what you want and that lead towards hell. You know yep. what I mean? There are clear cut directions that lead towards heaven and lead towards uh God that lead towards liberty and those that lead towards the path of destruction. Um like Jesus said the the path is uh uh narrow <laughs> for uh sometimes yep. but 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 it's not unclear. So that that's you know what you said there that's that's kind of why I like what you guys are doing there in Philly and why I want to support it. And, and that's kind of why, uh, despite being a very radical, like, like for the longest time, I was like, you know, anti-politics voting is violence. Like I don't want to be involved in anything to do with this kind of stuff. But, uh, but, but what you kind of talked about, you know, that, that, that kind of helped me to, it gave me some, some more contextualization for, I guess, that little journey I've been on and and why I think, you know, what we're doing is, is meaningful and impactful. It's just those, 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 you know, in the, in the like small interactions you have conversations with people, the great work of Liberty I think is done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, the, the road, the road is narrow and, you know that that narrow road that Jesus walked led him to sweat blood in the garden. Like, right, <laughs> and uh, you know I'm I'm nowhere near sweating blood anywhere in my life. I'm too much too too prideful and, and sinful at times to to do that. But uh, I hear that you know some of the you know some of this. I mean, it, it, to to deal with this is is wrestling. Like I'm I'm having to learn what does it mean to turn the other cheek. You know, what does it mean when Tolstoy keeps harping on, you know, resist ye, not evil? Um, You know, I, the biggest, my, the biggest influences in my life the last couple of years outside of, um, outside of the Bible itself have been, uh, Dallas Willard's, uh, Divine Conspiracy, and then, um all of Tolstoy's writings. I'm just, I'm eating up Tolstoy like nobody's business right now, uh, right now. But like, how, like, how do you deal with this? You know, I, I read, you know, the Metaxas uh, Bonhoeffer biography and a lot of it just went into Bonhoeffer, like his personal struggles with how to combat Hitler. And, you know, we're not anywhere quite near that at this point. Um, but, like, yeah, how, how do you react to somebody basically telling you that they wish you're dead because you just made a different decision and it's, it's intense. Sometimes I wonder, should I even be doing this? Should I even be out here doing this? When, when, when Tolstoy is quoting Jesus and saying, resist ye not evil, should I just not be resisting at all? Should I just be out here just kind of sitting back, letting it happen? Um, I don't know. Uh,
0: well, you know and, Tol- and, Tolstoy and, also yeah. said,
1: "Yeah, he said all doctrine that reveals the truth is chimerical to the blind." Am I am I blind? <laughs> like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> and this is where like, I love Tolstoy, but like, I think that uh, you know, labels can be tricky. Yeah. I I sort of identify as a pacifist in a sense, yeah. but for me, pacifism is not about um the the more like dictionary definition of the uh refusal to use force or violence but rather yeah. it's rather what are you aimed at I'm yeah. aimed at peace and I'm aimed at not yeah. the destruction of my enemies but rather yeah. blessing and loving my enemies and now I also love my neighbor so that means that for the good of my enemies and my neighbors and loving them I want to uh... I want to over. This is what Romans twelve say: overcome evil with good. So I think you know when you say resist, you know. So Tolstoy says resist not evil. That's true, but the second part of that is you overcome evil with good, and that means you know we don't become resentful. As hard as that is, we don't become resentful. We don't get filled with hate. We don't. And 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 you know I'm I'm right there with you. You know I'm I'm a I'm a fallen son of Adam who. Who has fallen in that trap many times, but you know, but that's, that's part of that wrestling. And it's, there's something, I think even uh, commendable and and something beautiful about humans that we struggle with hate, but we can still choose to love. And love is not just like a feeling. It doesn't mean like I'm over, I'm just like bubbling over with like ooey gooey feelings about you right now. It just, it is like, you know, I mean, anyone that's been married knows that like there's times where like loving your spouse is a, is a choice it's not a it's not always natural and um so i I think that um i think honestly and i've gotten some shit from the maybe like more toxic part of the uh, libertarian movement for saying this but i really think that what the macy's caucus is doing is that 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 walking that hard line of not trying to overcome evil with evil but trying to overcome evil with good and yep. and it's a hard line doesn't mean that we walk it perfectly but 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 just because you can't do something perfectly doesn't mean that you should do nothing at all because the root the root of pacifism is not to be passive doesn't mean roll over and die it yep. means to the, the root of the root of pacifism is to pacify which means to bring peace and that's what yep. we're trying to do we're trying to bring peace and yep. peace peace can only come through confronting people uh, with the truth and confronting evil with, with good. And, yeah. you know, that's all I know what to do and all we can continue to do. I think
1: the only person that's ever walked that line without tripping over it is Jesus himself. And exactly uh, that's why we need grace and mercy on both sides.
0: Absolutely. That 100%. Hey, this was a great conversation. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, so it's uh, don't try it on philly.com. It's where people can, can find out more on this. Yeah,
1: that's number one. The easiest place to get to us because it's got links to everything else and our friends. And yeah, I agree. I, I love the chat. Uh, definitely have uh, more things to love with love to chat with you about in the future if all this other stuff uh, <laughs> goes for sure, for like sure. dies down. If Absolutely.
0: It ever goes. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, so. keep fighting the good fight. Uh, we're we're right there with you, and uh, you know I'll have to try to make it out to Philly one of these days for one of these events. You're not too far from me, so. But uh, th- thanks again for coming on. We'll definitely do it again sometime. And thanks, everybody, for watching. And uh, remember, until uh, next time, don't fear the fire. Yep. See ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of
1: flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.